Welcome to this episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today we're going to be talking some season-long fantasy football, talking about the quarterback position. So we're going to talk about guys I like, guys I don't like, go over some key stats for many of these quarterbacks, talk about when I would draft them and who has a lot of upside and who has a lot of consistency. If you like what you're hearing from the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Helps me out a lot. And if you really like what you're hearing, go subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Got some articles for the public as well as some articles for patrons only. Without further ado, let's get into the quarterbacks. It should come as no surprise that my number one quarterback is Josh Allen. He should be your number one quarterback as well. If you look at the history of fantasy football, 15 points per game is a very good line of demarcation. If a quarterback has less than 15 fantasy points, that can hurt you and significantly lessen your chances of winning. Josh Allen has not had a game under 15 fantasy points in the last two seasons. Both of those seasons, he has finished as QB1. People like to put a lot of knocks on Josh Allen. People are looking for excuses to not draft him as the first quarterback overall, which I think is ludicrous. I think every reason you could come up with that Josh Allen is not QB1 is superficial. It doesn't have a whole lot of statistical backing. For example, people like to say Josh Allen relies on his legs. Only 23% of his fantasy points last season came from rushing. If you also look at last season's productions, he also threw a career high in interceptions. And so if, you, if, you know, if you're a believer in trends, I like to think that interceptions number goes down just a little bit. Another thing people like to nitpick, uh, he's losing his offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. Well, if you look at the history of Brian Dable's career, Brian Dable exactly was not a great offensive coordinator until he was paired with Josh Allen. So I'd like to think that at this point, Josh Allen is good enough in his own right as a quarterback that he can survive with whatever offensive coordinator is around him. And I think anybody who watched the Bills Chiefs playoff game last season, which is one of the most outstanding football games I've ever seen, that's Josh Allen's ceiling. That's his potential. He is that guy that can throw down the field incredibly accurate, incredibly quick, and score at will. And I think he will greatly help your team if you draft him as QB1. Now, here's the question. How high would you draft Josh Allen? So, If you look at the history of fantasy football, if you go back to 2011, 2012, maybe 2010, 2009, quarterbacks were going in the first two rounds regularly back then. All right. That was also before the advent of PPR scoring. PPR scoring makes quarterbacks significantly less valuable. So if you are in a standard league, if you are in a half PPR league, I would greatly suggest drafting Josh Allen ahead of his ADP. I think he's a very safe pick. I don't think a lot of the running backs and receivers who he is being ranked alongside are as safe of selections as Josh Allen. I think he will finish the season as QB1, and I honestly cannot envision a scenario where he finishes the season outside of QB5. If I'm in a standard league, I might be considering drafting him at the end of round two or the start of round three. If I'm in a PPR league, I'm probably drafting him maybe at the top of round four, depending on what's at the board around me. Obviously, every draft is different. Every league is different. But I definitely think he is more valuable than where he is being ranked at and where his ADP is for PPR leagues. My second ranked quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. He was QB4 last year. He was QB1 back in 2018. He has not finished outside the top six in quarterbacks in the entire career that he has been a starter in Kansas City. Last season, 
Y'all remember that six-game stretch where it seemed like everybody had the Chiefs figured out and everybody was picking against the Chiefs and everybody was just, you know, the sky was falling around Kansas City? Well, in that stretch, Patrick Mahomes had three games under 15 points. He kind of figured everything out after that, got back to his old self, but his total points per game still dropped three points from 2020 to 2021. I think a lot of people are saying that the sky is falling around the Chiefs again this offseason. They lost Tyreek Hill, which many think is going to be a big detriment to Patrick Mahomes. I really don't. Andy Reid is one of the best offensive minds in football. Yes, it is impossible to replace the speed of Tyreek Hill. But what they did alongside Patrick Mahomes, though, is they got a better possession receiver in Juju Smith-Schuster than he has ever had on the outside or in the slot. And they've also still got their speed guys, Mecole Hardman, and I like the rookie Sky more as well. I don't see Mahomes having any drop-off from last season, which again, he was QB4, so I think he's a very safe bet to finish in the top five as a quarterback. My third-ranked quarterback, which continues the string of being pretty chalky. I'm not really doing a whole lot of deviation from the norm at this point. This is the end of what I would consider the first tier of quarterbacks. QB3, Justin Herbert. In the entire time that he has been a starting quarterback in the National Football League, he has had one game under 15 fantasy points, and that was in 2020. He didn't have one last season. Last season, he finished as QB3 behind Josh Allen and Tom Brady. Justin Herbert also joined the 5,000-yard club last season. Very elite club to be in. The only time a quarterback has ever been a member of the 5,000-yard club and not been a top 10 quarterback the next season was when Jameis Winston did it, all right? Justin Herbert is pretty much a lock to finish in the top 10. He's got an incredible arm. He's got great skill position players around him. Head coach remains the same, and honestly, I think his head coach plays into him being a better fantasy prospect. You know, we all know Brandon Staley loves to go for it on fourth down. Well, guess what? That's going to result in more snaps where Justin Herbert can throw the ball. More snaps means more fantasy points. He is my QB3. He is the end of the first tier. I think that these three guys are all well ahead of every other quarterback that is available on the board. I think they are all... I don't want to say interchangeable, but I think I could make the argument for Justin Herbert to be one. I think I could make the argument for Patrick Mahomes to be one. So all three of these guys, I would totally be okay with drafting with your fourth or fifth round pick. I absolutely think that they're safe plays. None of them have very complicated injury histories. None of them have any changes in their team that are going to dramatically affect their production this season. I think they're as safe as they come. They are my first tier, and that is the end of tier one. I've got three quarterbacks in my tier two, beginning with my QB number four overall, and that is Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson finished his QB six in fantasy points per game last season. You got to throw out the games he was injured. Sixth in fantasy points per game. That's still a pretty elite level, especially when you consider this. He had the lowest rushing TD total of his career last season, even less than his rookie season when he started about half the games, and he had his highest interception total last season. I don't think either of those two trends continue. I think he's back to being healthy. He has put on some weight, and he did not finish a game last season where he had under 17 fantasy points. I think when you combine his arm with his legs, I think he's a very safe bet to score you a good amount of points week in and week out. If you're concerned about his health, I totally get it, but I like the fact that he added weight. He is not somebody that takes big collisions at the quarterback position. Uh, 
would kind of like a guy like Russell Wilson, you never really see him get hit very hard. Totally the opposite of a guy like Cam Newton, where it seemed like Cam was getting waylaid all the time in Carolina. But I digress. I like Lamar Jackson as my QB4. I think if you look at the sixth in points per game last season, I think that's his absolute floor. People are concerned about the loss of Marquise Brown. I am not. Marquise Brown drops the football a lot. So what you're going to see is you're going to see more targets to Rashad Bateman, more targets to Mark Andrews. I think there will be another receiver in that conversation that develops, but I'm not very concerned about losing Marquise Brown, bottom line. Lamar Jackson, QB4. My QB5, going with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit outside the box on this one. A lot of guys don't have Jalen Hurts this high. I do. Here's the reason why. Going back to my holy grail stat, he only had two games under 15 points last season. That's not going to kill you, especially from a quarterback in this range. And last season, here's another interesting stat. People love to compare J1 Hurts to guys like Lamar Jackson and say that he's all about his legs. J1 Hurts last season had two games over 30 fantasy points where he did not have a rushing touchdown. That's impressive. You know, for a guy that quote-unquote relies on his legs, that's not relying on his legs if you can score 30 pretty much entirely through the air. My main concern with Jalen Hurts last season was the fact that I didn't feel willing to bank on him starting every game in Philadelphia. It never felt like they were totally building that franchise around him as their starting quarterback. Guess what? Now it does. They traded away draft capital to go get A.J. Brown. They still have Devontae Smith, and they seem to get better on defense in opportunities where quarterbacks were available. If they were not confident in Jalen Hurts, they absolutely could have drafted a different quarterback. Guess what? They didn't. I think Philly's going in all or going all in on Jalen Hurts, and I'm going all in on Jalen Hurts as well. He's my QB5. My QB6 is going to be a polarizing one. I'm going with Joe Burrow. I can see a lot of pros and a lot of cons with Joe Burrow. Here are the cons first. He had three games under 15 fantasy points last season. That's my holy grail stat. And 21% of his fantasy points on the season came from two games. So you're looking at 21% of your total came from about 12% of your games. Those two games, which were weeks 16 and 17 last season, greatly impacted his ranking, which was QB7 last season. Here's another con. He was sacked 51 times. All right, now let me turn that immediately into a pro. The Bengals' offensive line is greatly improved. Joe Burrow is going to have time to throw this season, and with that time to throw, he's going to be able to accumulate more fantasy points. Here's another pro. He led the NFL in yards per attempt last season. What that means is, is Joe was throwing the ball down the field. Guess what that means for fantasy owners? More fantasy points. We don't get points per completion from quarterbacks. Dinking and dunking only pays off if that dink and dunk results in a touchdown. So, throwing the ball down the field with the amount of accuracy that he has, I like Joe Burrow as my quarterback six. I understand that it's risky, but I definitely like him more than the next guy. That ends my tier two of quarterbacks right there at Joe Burrow. I think that all three of those guys I'm comfortable drafting as my starter. I'm very confident they're going to finish the season in the top ten, barring any injuries. Some of y'all might have noticed that a certain name was missing. Tier 3 starts with a flaming hot take. Coming up next. If you like what you're hearing with these quarterbacks and you want more tips on how to dominate your fantasy draft, head to the Patreon. First fantasy football article on the Patreon, literally titled, 
five tips to help dominate your fantasy draft. You're not getting these tips anywhere else. They're all backed by data. They're all mathematically driven. And I cite specific player examples for each of them. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. All right, let's get into tier three of my quarterbacks. I'm going to go ahead and define tier three. Tier three are all guys that I would be willing to draft as my starter, but with a little bit of reservations. I'm slightly concerned about all of these guys. And the first one is my QB7, which is Kyler Murray. QB7 is a lot lower than where you're seeing a lot of places rate Kyler Murray. Here is why. I think the narrative that has been around Kyler Murray the past two seasons, he comes out of the gate hot, the Cardinals win games, they pile up a lot of points, and then as the season goes on, the team kind of fades, he kind of fades as well, a little bit of health issues, whatever it may be. I don't like how he ends the season, and I've got data to back it up. From weeks one to four last season, Kyler Murray scored 32 fantasy points per game, which is outstanding. It would have been first in the league by four points if he kept that up. From weeks five through eight, he only averaged 21.5 fantasy points per game. That would have been good enough for QB 13 on the season, which there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what you're drafting Kyler Murray for. After week eight, he missed about five games with injury, and then he came back in week 13. After that, he finished with 23.9 fantasy points per game, which would have tied him with Aaron Rodgers for 11th last season. Again, that's not terrible, but it's not what he's being drafted as right now. I think that in reality, Kyler Murray possesses a lot of upside if you think he can play a full season the way that he came out of the gates last season. But I think the wear and tear on his body, he is not a large man. And I also think that the way teams kind of adjust to the Cardinals offense is not going to play into his favor. You also got to keep in mind that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be suspended. Big reason why I care about that. People like to say, oh, well, he's got Hollywood Brown now. There's another number one. Well, those are two totally different types of players. Hollywood Brown is a deep threat, and he's great after the catch. DeAndre Hopkins is a contested catch maker. You can throw DeAndre Hopkins the ball when he's covered. He's going to find a way to come down with it through contact, around contact, however he has to do it. Hollywood Brown is not that. Having a contested catch maker on your team gives the quarterback a bigger margin for error in where he throws it. I don't think that margin for error exists when DeAndre Hopkins is not around. So for that reason, Kyler Murray, my quarterback seven. I'm okay drafting him to be a starter, but I've got a lot of concerns, and I'm going to be really thinking about who I draft to be my backup if he's my starter. Kyler's probably the last quarterback that I'm going to be doing a deep dive on. Uh, My quarterback eight is going to be Tom Brady. Simply put, y'all, Tom Brady is an enigma to me this season. Last season, he finished his quarterback two. He had two games under 15 points. He had 13 games with multiple passing touchdowns, which are both great statistics. But I just don't know what to make of him. He's about to turn 45 years old, y'all. I've never seen a quarterback play in the NFL at 45. I don't know what to expect. What I do remember is the last seasons of Peyton Manning's career and Ben Roethlisberger's career where they looked like garbage. Now, you know, if you're drafting him as a backup, and you want a little bit of risk-reward, yeah, that's fine. But I just have reservations about drafting him to be my starter for that reason. Another thing that's going against him, he led the NFL on attempts last season. I just don't see another scenario where he leads the NFL on attempts. That team's got Leonard Fournette. They have a good defense. They don't need to throw the ball that much. So for that reason, I know he was quarterback two last season, but he's my quarterback eight 
Tom Brady. My quarterback nine is going to be Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson, big risk, big potential reward. If you like the Broncos' skill position players around him, you're going to like Russell Wilson. Cortland Sutton, good contested catchmaker. Jerry Judy, I thought was an outstanding talent when he was at Alabama, but I'm yet to see a whole lot that gives me confidence in the National Football League. If you look at just the games Russell played last year in Seattle, he was 13th in fantasy points per game. He was battling that hand injury all year long. I don't think we saw the best of Russell Wilson last season. I generally think that a hand injury is something that can be recovered from. You know, it's not an ACL. It's not a hamstring. I think he will come back healthy. I don't know what to make of the skill position players around him. And for that reason, he's my quarterback nine. I don't know if I trust him enough to put him ahead of Murray and Brady, but I also am still comfortable drafting him to be my starter. My QB 10, which is uh, supposedly the last starter in a standard 10-team league, my QB 10 is Matthew Stafford. Stafford finished last season as QB 9. He also only had one game under 15 points last season, and it was 14.7. So really, if you round it, he didn't have a game under 15 points if you want to you know, be that guy. But I digress. Anyway, QB 9 last season, still has Cooper Cup, lost Robert Woods in the preseason last season. He got Odell Beckham and has now lost Odell Beckham, but he's got Allen Robinson. Like I mentioned earlier about DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson is a contested catch maker. So I think he's a guy that he might actually help Stafford's production more than Odell Beckham. But one thing that I do expect the Rams to do is now that Cam Akers is back fully healthy, I expect that team to run the football just a little bit more than they did last season. But I still trust Matthew Stafford to be a starter. I think he's got a very high floor. I think he is a very consistent option at the back end of the starting quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford, my QB 10. My QB 11 is going to be Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott is kind of like Matthew Stafford light in a way. Uh, He did have three games last season under 15 fantasy points. But other than that, he was a pretty consistent option throughout the entire season. On the converse of Stafford, I think we're going to see Dallas run the ball even less. Their offensive line got a little worse with the loss of Lyle Collins. I think Zeke Elliott's best days are behind him, so I don't think you're going to see the same rushing output from the Cowboys' offense, which means more attempts, more yards for Dak. The only downside is he did lose Amari Cooper to the Browns, but we're looking at also another year in an offense with two very young, talented guys in C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz. I see no reason Dak could not finish the season in the top 10. I see no reason he can't be a starter. So for that reason, Dak Prescott, my quarterback 11. My quarterback 12, and this is another hot take on how low this guy is, Aaron Rodgers. I just don't have the same trust in Aaron Rodgers that I would have if you asked me this a year ago or two years ago. Last year, he was 11th in fantasy points per game, and he had one game under 15 points, which is less than the likes of Dak Prescott and Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. Yes, but Aaron Rodgers lost Devontae Adams. I simply do not trust any other Packers receiver at this point to step up and replace the production of Devontae Adams. I just don't have that trust. So, I think that Rodgers is natural to regress a little bit. And like I said, if he regresses at all, last season he was QB 11. So if you're regressing from QB 11, you know, where are you going? I'd totally be okay drafting him as your starter if you're the last one drafting a starter. I also think he is a safe backup option if you have a starter who's injury prone. 
but he's not a guy that I'm racing to the draft board to draft, and I actually think his ADP is a lot higher than where I would be drafting him at. So for that reason, Aaron Rodgers is QB 11, and he is the second to last quarterback in Tier 3. The last quarterback in Tier 3, aka the last quarterback where I would okay drafting this guy as my starter, is Kirk Cousins. Yes, that Kirk Cousins. You like that? I do, actually. He finished last season as QB9, which is deceptive because people really don't think he's that great of a quarterback, and he doesn't have to be to be a good fantasy quarterback. Think Jameis Winston. All right, Kirk Cousins last season had two games under 15 fantasy points, but get this, he had a passing touchdown in every game. I think having Kevin O'Connell as his head coach is going to greatly increase the amount of passes that they throw per game. I think having another another year under his belt with Justin Jefferson is going to help him out a lot. And I totally am okay putting Kirk Cousins in the same conversation as Rodgers, Murray, and Brady, and Dak. Just me personally. I think if you put gave a blind resume and you didn't attach names to him, I think people might actually take Kirk Cousins ahead of some of the guys I just mentioned. But he is still Kirk Cousins. And so for that reason, I think you can get him a little later in drafts than the guys that are in the tier alongside him. But I'm totally okay if you wait on a quarterback and draft Kirk Cousins to be your starter. That is why he is in my tier three and he is the last quarterback in tier three. Now, let's do a little rapid fire on some of the remaining quarterbacks that you might be targeting as a backup or maybe a high upside starter in a 16 team league or something of that nature. Next in my rankings at 14 is Trey Lance. Very high upside guy, but in my opinion, the one thing going against Trey Lance is the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo has never finished a season in the top 10 as a fantasy quarterback. So if you think Trey Lance is going to finish in the top 10, then you must think that Trey Lance is significantly more talented than Jimmy Garoppolo, which I think he absolutely could be. But we know that San Fran is going to be a run-heavy offense. I just don't know if he has enough to be a guy that you can draft as your starter. QB 15, Derek Carr. So Derek Carr is another guy that I could see the upside with. Devontae Adams was his teammate at Fresno State. There's definitely some chemistry there. There's definitely going to be a little bit of unlocked potential. But potential for what? Derek Carr's never been above 21 fantasy points per game in his career. Last season, he had three games under 15 points. However, one thing that is encouraging is last season he did lead the NFL in defensive pass interference flags. So if you're looking at just having guys that, you know, catch those passes instead of drawing flags, maybe Devontae Adams does that a few times, that's additional points. So Derek Carr, high upside, but I don't think he's a starter. Next, QB 15 is Tua Tungavailoa. I believe I said that correctly. I'm going to quote the same stat I did about Trey Lance. Jimmy G has never finished in the top 10 as a fantasy football quarterback. Why is that significant? Mike McDaniel was Jimmy Garoppolo's offensive coordinator the last few years in San Francisco. So I think that the offense is going to be very run heavy. However, I do like Tua's accuracy. He's been an accurate quarterback since he was at Alabama. And I do like the weapons he has. Tua is going to be in situations where if he just dumps off a little screen pass or a little out route to Tyree Kill or Jalen Waddle and they take it 50 yards, it doesn't matter how far the throw was, he gets the 50 yards. So I absolutely understand the upside with Tua, but I've got him here at 15 just because I don't really, there's just nothing there to bank on yet. 
QB 16 is Trevor Lawrence. Now, one thing I do like about Trevor Lawrence, he has an actual NFL quality offensive coordinator around him now, and that team got a lot more talented around him. You look at the additions of Christian Kirk and getting Travis Etienne back, as well as Evan Engram at tight end. There's some talent in that offense, but I don't like how he ended last season. He only had three passing touchdowns in his last six games, so while there's plenty of reason for optimism, I just I haven't seen it yet. You know, if you're drafting him to be your backup with a lot of upside, I get it, but I just haven't seen enough out of him yet to put him any higher than I have him right here. Last quarterback I'm going to talk about is Justin Fields. I believe Justin Fields, out of any quarterback in this tier that I've mentioned, has the highest ceiling, the most upside, but he also has the lowest floor. People will say that Justin Fields is relying on running. That's not true. He only had two rushing touchdowns last season. Last season, he actually had more fantasy points per game than Lamar Jackson's rookie season, which I think is a pretty comparable comparison. Even though the Ravens were a much better team in 2018 than the Bears were last season, they had about the same number of games as a starter, had similar play styles coming in, and they were both package guys where they would come in and run a few Wildcat plays here and there. Here's the downsides, though. He only had one game with multiple passing touchdowns last season, while I could see that number going up, that definitely dictates that he did not have a great control of his passing abilities last season. We like guys that have multiple touchdowns. The other downside, the Bears skill position players. Yes, there's been memes about it on Twitter. It's bad. Darnell Mooney is his number one wide receiver, and I like Darnell Mooney, but he's not a number one receiver in the NFL at this point in his career. So I don't like the skill position guys around him. I don't like how he showed last season with his arm, but I think there's plenty of upside. He's got a new offensive coordinator. He's got another year under his belt. And being bad in your rookie season doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be bad for your entire career. So for that reason, Justin Fields, very high upside backup. He is pretty much the last quarterback that would be willing to draft in this spot. So there you have it, folks. That's a rundown of pretty much every quarterback that I would consider drafting. Uh, there's a few guys that were not mentioned, um, but I don't really think they're relevant enough to do a deep dive and get a lot of analysis on. If you want to take some dart throws at the end of your draft and try to hit, I totally get it. Um, best of the rest, I would give nods to Daniel Jones, Baker Mayfield, and Jameis Winston. But again, at this point, you're just throwing darts. Anyway, that does it for the QB rankings. If you like the podcast, make sure to rate, subscribe, and review. And hopefully, these rankings are going to help you win your fantasy league. If you want more tips on how to dominate your fantasy draft, head to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. Article on there, five tips for dominating your fantasy draft. Best of luck, guys. See you next time when we're talking about running backs. Mm-hmm.